Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And uh, this week, I guess we didn't have the Saints to lose a playoff game to give us a 4-0 week, because I think, what was it, we just combined for 2-2? Two and two? No, 1-3, uh, and three, but... Ooh, even worse. Even yeah. even worse. <laughs> yeah. We didn't. We learned last week that we didn't have to split, but uh, that can go both ways. Yeah, so, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get to all that, let's talk about the dogs in the NFL, because there are some highlights here, I guess. Uh, first... Let's talk Legereus Sneed, since that was the game we just watched before we recorded this. Matt, how do you think that Sneed did in this game? He played really well. Uh, I think that one of the first plays for the Bills on their opening drive was a pass to Cole Beasley for, I want to say, 15, 18 yards. Uh, maybe it was a little bit more than that. Um, and it was Sneed in coverage. I don't, really, I don't think it went longer than 20 yards, but the fact that we gauge his performance based on how many times he gets thrown on for 20 plus yards and it's only like a handful of times is pretty cool i think that uh pro football metrics or whatever that twitter handle is said that he's only allowed like what three catches of 20 plus yards and 239 defensive coverage snaps it's, yeah it's, so, something ridiculous i mean he's had a phenomenal rookie season and yeah and that season continues he's going to the super bowl yeah um, hopefully he, he'll get to play yeah he um he made a great play on the ball that was going to Stefan Diggs uh, on the play that hurt on, he was covering Stefan had safety help over the top. Uh, the safety came up over the top and made a play for an interception. Legereus, I think got his hands on it. He got his hands between uh, Diggs' hands. I'm not sure yeah. if, if either of them touched the ball. It was a little overthrown anyway, but great coverage. I mean, he had him blanketed underneath and the safety help over the top, like you said. So yeah, it was a great play by Legereus. Great coverage. Yeah. He I also just, had a sack. Um, early had on in sack, the game, yeah, had a had a well, I think he had a half sack, but a yeah, sack. he he like had Josh Allen and was kind of driving him back and and waited for his teammates to get there to uh, bring him to the ground. So I'm right, not sure if he, he got credited with the hole or a half there. I think he got a half, but he also had a chance to get another one, but he jumped he jumped the gun a little too early and yeah, ended up whiffing on it. But uh, hope to see some of those plays from Snead against Brady in a couple of weeks. Um, hopefully, every single oh, defensive man. snap. Pick hopefully, six, please. <laughs> Tracy Porter, that motherfucker. Do it. To win the Super Bowl? Tracy Porter, that motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. We can can only hope so. So, Sneed had a great game. uh, Ended up falling down awkward. Well, not awkwardly, but ended up uh, bouncing his head off the turf, the back of his head off the turf. Yeah. uh, Going up to get that deflection and headed to the blue tent as it's referred to on the sideline and then ended up going back to the locker room and was ruled out for those who care. Even if you don't Sneed is now verified on Twitter, oh. uh, finally got the blue check mark next to his name. And he did tweet uh, moments before the end of the game uh, that he, he said, I can't even celebrate with my brothers. Wow. Uh, so unfortunately I don't think Sneed was able to go out there and participate in the confetti and the trophy presentation. He played really well. Even with a concussion, I expect that he'll play. He's got two weeks to overcome the protocol. Uh, we don't even yeah. know if it is. We don't even know if it is a concussion. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if it wasn't a concussion and that they just pulled him out because they already had a pretty healthy lead. And the guy who came in to fill in for him, Rashad Fenton, actually played pretty well. Ended up getting an interception. Yeah. Uh, 
So, but, but I mean, anyway, Snead's been great all season. He he'll be he he'll been, be yeah. back on the field if he can, and you know, hopefully he's okay. Well, we know concussions are no joke, so they are no joke. But I'm leading heavily towards he will play. He's got again two weeks to overcome it. And yeah, if he does play, I expect him to be covering Antonio Brown in the slot while uh, Breland and Ward deal with Evans and Godwin on the outside. And you might see Legarius line up a lot that i think his name's scotty miller he's that speedy receiver number 10 that the uh the bucks have that was burning guys uh on the packers um so it'll be a fun matchup for sure uh i don't want it to be a close game i want the chiefs to win by 50 uh yes. I, know that, I know that probably won't happen but if it does i'll be a happy man yeah if the, Chief, if the chiefs win uh no matter if it's by one point or 100 i'll be happy and just need to be a champion so uh, yeah. On, on to another player who I think played tonight. Did uh, did Butler play tonight? Yeah, he he played um, on the other side for the Bills, who obviously fell short to the Chiefs. He had two tackles, one solo um, there in his rotational role on the on the D line. Um, and then also, there's one more player, isn't there, Nathan? Yeah, we have three players and three of us, so I guess we each get one here. Yeah, Tremont Williams historically had been a Green Bay Packer. He joined the team and play his first game with them in 2007, and has been playing, I think he missed a year in there, but up through last year, 2019, end of the year, uh, he was still playing with the Packers. Going into this year, he doesn't get a contract again with them. Eventually, midway midway through the year, the Ravens offer him, and he eventually starts playing week nine, all the way up through their playoff game against Buffalo, where the Bills moved on to this week. And so he was signed as a like mid-year kind of guy, he wasn't really thought to be be brought back to the Ravens, so they cut him, which put him on waivers. And because no other team in the NFL decided to pick him up off waivers, the Green Bay Packers were able to re-sign their guy that they had had for years and years and put him back on the roster for this game. So this is the first time in NFL history that a player has played two playoff games for different playoff teams in the same playoff period. Oh, wow. And... Sadly, it's also the first time in NFL history that a player has played two different games with two different teams, both of which were losses. So <laughs> not the greatest yeah. little bit of trivia for him there. But he also did impressive. not record any stats. But um, He is also a Super Bowl champion from 10 years ago, which has nothing to do with anything. I'm just trying to make him feel better about himself. <laughs> Yeah, shout out Trevon if you're listening. Um, he was a pro. He was a Pro Bowler the year the Packers won the Super Bowl. His only Pro Bowl appearance. I don't even think he played because he didn't want to get hurt before the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, if you're in the Super Bowl, you don't play in the Pro Bowl. But move the Pro Bowl back to its original time. <laughs> you can't make it the original stadium though, because that Aloha Stadium has been condemned now. It has been. Just uh, how I thought our program was about to get c- condemned because of how uh, bad we played against you UTEP. There you go. On Friday night, it was a struggle to watch. It was yep. right at the end of the game. You just don't even care about sports anymore because <laughs> of how bad it was uh, to watch it. I mean, just just in general, I know we'll go through the flow, but basically to, to sum this game up, Tech couldn't hit shots and UTEP hit an awful lot of theirs. <laughs> it was uh, a recipe for disaster. And we still only lost by, uh, what is that, 8? 82 to 74? Yep. But still, I mean, it was just like you said, it was hard to watch. Tech was never really in it, even though it was never like out of reach. But we never like went on that run that you need to to pull it within three or something. Right. To give you hope. It was just like, oh, we're just going to be down 
eight to 12 points the entire game. Yeah, there were a few times where something big would happen, like a dunk or a three-pointer or whatever that kind of says, oh, wait, no, we can build momentum off of this. And then we just can't hit another shot for the next three minutes and yeah. all is lost again. Yeah. But yeah, early on in the game, Tech actually hits four of their first seven shots and the game starts pretty close 12 to 12 after five minutes. But it would only get worse from there. The Miners go off on a 14-2 run over the next four minutes after it was tied at 12. Those two points for the Bulldogs came on two free throws by Archibald. Every other shot they took was not good. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Bluntly put. Bluntly put. But one part that was good about this game in particular, and I think it kind of carried over from last week as well, was that the Bulldogs shot the ball from the free throw line pretty well. Yeah, I mean, we shot, shot 26 of 34 which is 76.5%. So, I mean, that's much better than our average has been the last few years. NCAA average is usually around 70. Last week against UTSA, Tech shot 89% in the first game and 72% in the second game. Those are numbers that if we saw those all year, we would be very happy with how far we've come as a free throw shooting team. But that's the only place we could do anything with the ball was at the charity stripe. Uh, so after that 14 to do run by the Miners, the score is 34 to 19. And then Kobe Williams does something that Kobe Williams did a lot on Friday night. And that was, he missed a layup. Uh, he missed yes. seven different layups on the night. Oh. And what was interesting about this one. Yeah. I, I should have given you a longer UG noise break, but yeah, what was interesting about this one, those Armstead grabs the offensive rebound, passes it around a few times, and then he ends up hitting the three. Armstead's playing because Ledoux is out again for these games. Uh, but that starts a 13-2 run by the Bulldogs, get them back in the game where they're only now down four. And this moment in particular, the reason why this game was an only an eight-point loss when Tech shot the ball so poorly was because of rebounding, specifically at offensive rebounding. Yeah, I mean, just to... To give you the actual numbers there, Tech shot 31.7% in this game from the field. <laughs> UTEP shot 49.2%, and we lost by eight. And that that really is because of the offensive rebounds. We had 18 boards. We out uh, we out-rebounded UTEP 48 to 34 in the game, and 18 of those were offensive boards. But again, if you're shooting, you know, sub 32%, which I think is one of our lowest um, totals mm. under. Conkle in his what is this his sixth year so yeah I mean if you're shooting that badly it doesn't really matter how many extra shots you get to take right but that's the only reason we were even within single digits for sure in this game yeah and it's something that tech's been great at all year when it comes to rebounding the commentators were talking about how tech was one of the top 15 rebounding teams in the country or something like that in terms of just overall number of rebounds which is is great to see but again in a game like this you need someone yeah. to be able to at least shoot the ball. And Ledoux being out did not help because not that he's always on, but it would have given you another player that might have gotten hot at one point in this game when you really could have used it. Because even though Tech gets the deficit down to four, UTEP is able to rebuild their lead up to 12 going into the half. Dogs are down 50 to 38 at the halftime intermission. Tech starts the half with five straight points. So the lead is now down to seven, but for the rest of the game, the lead never falls below eight. And really that second half felt like a time loop of just something good would happen. Okay, momentum, bad shooting. Nope. All right, we're done here. And Tech falls 82-74. Yeah, and uh, our our field goal shooting in the second half was actually worse than the first half, believe it or not. We shot 36.4% in the first half. We shot 26.7% in the second half. So 
Yeah, I mean, you're just not going to win very many games. And and like you said, I mean, Kobe Williams, just totally out of character for him, just missed every shot he took. And normally he doesn't take very many shots. But, I mean, he, he took 11 in this game and he only made two of them from the field. So uh, and again, that, seven of those were layups. That He was yeah. finding ways to drive into the lane to put the ball up in a high presented shot kind of situation. And it just never worked. It and never think- fell. That's the craziest thing to me about this game in particular was, I mean, Kenneth Lofton was great in this game. He he was 8 for 14. He scored 20 points, which is a career high for him. 13 rebounds. I mean, he was dominating the inside of the of the floor. Um, but then, you know, Kobe Williams drives the lanes and he can't, you know, he can't make anything. So, I don't know. Like, the inside was there for the taking, but we just, you know, other than other than Junior, we weren't taking it, you know? It wasn't just Kobe that was missing these layups, too. There were several times. A lot of times you'll see Lofton miss a layup or miss a shot at the basket. Really, it's just because there's a million people with arms in the air trying to prevent anything from even going up. And so I, that, to me, is excusable. But when you have a fast-break opportunity and you miss a layup over <laughs> and over again, it gets uh. to be a little frustrating. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't just layup shooting. It was just shooting from anywhere. There wasn't a single hot spot on the floor all night. I got yeah. kind of happy at halftime because I realized maybe it's a hoop problem. Maybe the hoop over there is a little bit bigger. But no, that's when they switch <laughs> no, sides. It's actually changed. worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one one thing I was wondering if if you picked up on Nathan was I mean UTEP scored a lot of points and Tech is normally pretty good at defense. So I mean, what do you think contributed to that? Yeah, I was I was confused by. Because I haven't seen a team pass the ball as well as UTEP had the early parts of this game where it just felt like Tech was moving at 0.7 speed and couldn't figure out what was happening quick enough. They were constantly screening people open to take open threes or screening people off to go drive to the basket. It was just a consistent movement of the ball and of the players, and it just worked to their perfection. Uh, eventually, Tech kind of figured it out and, and started to, to put a stop to it. But then even on interior passes where it's just getting the ball down to your big guys, UTEP was amazing at getting that done too, at least in this first game. Yeah, and I mean, that's that was what surprised me the most about this team because before before this game, LaTeX Sports Report put out a tweet um, comparing Tech and UTEP's shot selection. And so UTEP takes 28% of their shots from close range before these two games. Uh, so that's like like a, a layup, a dunk, you know, anything from like inside the paint. Compare that to Tech, who takes 43% of their shots from close range, too. So like UTEP's, the, the game plan, I think, was to let them take their outside shots, right? Now, unfortunately, they shot 50 freaking percent in this game. Yeah. But then also Tech was confused because, uh, just like you were, Nathan, because they were passing it in deep and shooting a lot of their early shots. You know, they, they had like three or four uncontested dunks in the first like 10 minutes of this game. And it was just like, what the hell? We didn't see this on the scouting report. You know, it, it seemed like Tech, like you said, was able to overcome that particular deficiency, um, especially in game two. Um, but in this game, UTEP actually outscored Tech in the paint 34 to 24, which I think, you know, judging by the stats coming in was not something that anybody was really expecting. Yeah, and it takes time to adapt to that, and we saw what happens on Saturday when Tech knows what UTEP is about to give them. But one of the big parts for Tech, at least, and we talked about it a little bit, was Junior Lofton. Uh, in this game, 
we said earlier, 20 points, 13 rebounds. He only played 20 minutes, which was more than he usually gets now that we're in conference play. But he played a lot because he was playing well. UTEP really had no answer for him. It's also worth noting he's the first Tech freshman since 2008 to have 10, or 20 points and at least 10 rebounds in a game. Yeah. Plus 26 minutes. Yeah, I accidentally typed 20, so that's that's on me. But, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think the story of this game is that we couldn't shoot the ball, and then, you know, their team shot 50%, and uh, Soli Boom and, um, what's his name, Bryson Williams, both took more than half of UTEP shots, and they shot 50% between the two of them. So, yeah, those two guys took 19 of their, oh, no, they made 19 of their 29 shots, they took 38 of their 59 shots. So whatever that percentage works out to be somewhere, somewhere between 50 and 60, probably. Right. But anyway, I mean, that just hurts, right? Yeah. And that's what happened against UTSA too. But, but we were able to stop the two main shooters for UTSA, but we were not able to stop Bryson Williams and Sully boom in this game. I think it wouldn't have mattered as much had we been able to do things offensively. Yeah. We didn't really stop them in this because of how successful they were, but it doesn't really matter if we can stop them or can't stop it. If we can't make buckets, then it doesn't really matter how the other team is, is making things work because we're not making it work at all. Yeah. But yeah, let's that's enough in this negative space. Let's go over to Saturday where it was boring in a different way. Tech <laughs> wins that game convincingly, 73 to 55. Again, with how many blown leads we've had this year, I convincingly still scary but yeah when you win a game by what is that 18 points you can feel good about it afterwards yeah for sure we can shoot the ball turns out yeah you say that though but early in this game both teams did not shoot the ball well at all in the first (laughs) 10 minutes there were 19 missed combined shots and only eight makes by either team oh wow that's insane it was kind of funny looking at the win probability chart and just seeing all the x's for when just shots were just plain missed. But yeah, Evan, you want to read out what happens? Uh, in, there's a three and a half minute period that <laughs> hurts to look at. You want to read that out loud? Yeah. So at 1340, there's a there's an and one opportunity. Crawford makes a uh, a layup to bring the Tech's lead up to 10 to six, and he misses the free throw. Then there's a miss at 1316 by Titus Verhoven. Um, then Xavier Christian missed a three pointer. Then Oh man, I don't know how to say that guy's name. Sil- Soland? S J O L U N D misses a three. Then Kobe misses a three. Then Soli Boom misses a three. <laughs> I miss a three. Yeah, then Matt Gallion is in here for UTEP for some reason, who also <laughs> misses a jumper. No, uh, Jamal Bienemy misses after UTEP grabs the offensive board. <laughs> then there's a timeout. And uh, you know, Conkle's like, all right. We gotta we gotta call a timeout here, uh, or no? It was a media timeout. My bad. It was a media timeout because of the foul. But yeah. At the foul line, Isaiah Crawford's the one that gets fouled. Two free throw attempts ready to go. <laughs> he misses both of them. Of course. Great. Uh, then finally, after a turnover, uh, Lofton Jr. makes a layup. But then UTEP misses a three. Archibald misses a three. UTEP misses a <laughs> jumper. Uh, there's another foul. There's a turnover. There's a steal. And then finally at nine thirty one, UTEP makes another shot with a jumper and things get not so bad after that but it's just miss shot miss shot miss shot okay media timeout miss shot miss shot miss shot <laughs> yeah. it was two miss free throws awful. yeah looked like not a repeat a... of tech's performance from the night before but utep wanted to get in on it too 
not a great, not a great day for exemplary performances. I don't want to win. Do you want to win? I don't want to win. Do you want to win? How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? They're both trying to black socks it. Eventually, the shots start falling. So after a 10-0 run, the Bulldogs are up 32-16. to Yeah, UTEP closed the gap some, but Tech is still up 32-23 at intermission. Uh, it doesn't take too long in the second half for UTEP to kind of cut that lead further, but at 17 minutes left, Tech is only up four. The Bulldogs are able to get the lead back to 10, and then they go on an 18-2 run near the end of the game. Hey, they go good. up 64-40, to and at that wow. point, it's just time to kneel out the clock. And again, Tech wins 73-55. That yeah. that eighteen to two run night would have been very nice Friday night. <laughs> yeah, seriously. At any point in that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean Man. just just overall, I mean, both halves pretty good shooting from the field, both in the in the mid forties. The free throws weren't as good tonight, it looks like. Sixty one percent, yeah. Uh, by tonight i mean saturday sorry uh, um yeah so so not quite as good from the free throw line as the previous three games but hey we won this one so it doesn't but, really but matter also uh, what i think you're about to go into is the isaiah crawford of the night uh he yeah. shot 11 of the free throws and he's not tech's best free throw shooter uh, on the year this year he's shooting 66 percent. last year was 61 percent. he shot the majority of the, the foul shots for tech on Saturday, just because he was the one who was able to score even without the foul line. So that kind of skews it depending on who takes more shots. Like Kobe Williams made all four of his, Archibald made all four of his, even Lofton was 50%, which for him is a good night. It's Ugh. there's from your big guy, you usually don't see the best numbers from your. Yeah. Maybe not. Situation. It's just a very, it's a very humbling statistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but to go into it here, Isaiah Crawford had a great, had a great night too here. He scored 25 points, which I think might be a career high for him. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but um, this was actually the year anniversary uh, to the day of when he injured, when he got injured at UTEP last year and he had to miss the rest of that freshman year um, last season. Um, and so for him to have a good night, you know, it's a little, a little bit of a, you know, nice way to prove that he's bounced back from that, um, I think it was an ACL tear or something like that last season. So um, 25 points, eight rebounds, you know, shot eight for 12 from the field. Um, he's He's been starting lately. Uh, he was coming off the bench for a while, but uh, he's been starting with Ledoux out. So hopefully, you know, it, if he goes back to a bench player, I mean, he's in contention for six man of the year. But if he keeps starting, I guess, you know, maybe he maybe that doesn't count. But uh, we'll see. But it, just a great night from him for sure. Yeah, and it was also a great night from a coaching standpoint because Conkle made some great adjustments, like I was saying earlier about it. Playing the same team two nights in a row lets you adapt to things a little easier for the second game. Remember how Tech uh, kind of caught got caught off guard by UTEP and the Miners scored 34 points in the paint Friday night? They only scored 12 on Saturday. Yeah, that's an adjustment. That's not just cold shooting from UTEP. Like that's Conkle changed something up and it worked very well. So we were able to box him out and you know keep him out of the lane um on saturday night so great job from uh to him as well yeah one thing that luckily didn't change was the rebounding numbers for tech utep was out rebounded 41 to 29 including 11 offensive rebounds that led to 14 second chance points it it was tech's bread and butter it's been their bread and butter all year get rebounds get more points at least opportunities to get those points it's how you win basketball games and they were still able to do it (laughs) Of course, yeah, they won this game, so you would expect it. But 
Yeah, and it certainly helps when you go from shooting 32% to 46% in one game to yeah. another. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure how much of that is coaching and how much of that is, I don't know, uh, just luck, right? I mean, be- you played poorly on Friday night and you played better on Saturday. So, I mean, that's just the way it goes sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you yeah, sell, hopefully. sometimes you don't. <laughs> yeah, and Tech covered both those bases this weekend. Hopefully they'll only cover the not-sucking part when they have a split series with Southern Miss, one game in Hattiesburg, one game in Ruston this week. The weird yeah, and actually a, a Thursday night game, too. Yeah, this Thursday, week, so. Saturday. Yeah, so you get a little chance to breathe between the games this week. Or you forget that there's a Thursday game because that's weird this year, and you completely <laughs> forget to even watch it until it's over. That's probably what's actually going to happen. Yeah. But so far, the Eagles on the year are 7-8. and eight. They're at number 253 in Ken Palm. Tech is 104. They actually moved up a couple spots after splitting this, that series with UTEP. Yeah. Uh, the Golden Eagles are 3-5 and five in conference play. They split the series against UTEP. That sounds familiar. They swept Middle Tennessee and got swept by UAB and UTSA. Their best win so far this year came over UTEP. We talked about this last week, a 74 to 66 overtime win where UTEP was up by seven with a oh, minute yeah. left. And then USM came back and won the game in overtime. Which... Yeah, the announcers on ESPN Plus, which I think are just the UTEP radio guys, were talking about that when UTEP was up 10 with like a minute left on Friday night. And I was like, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen here, but I appreciate the sentiment. So yeah, I'd like, does lightning ever strike twice kind of thing? <laughs> but yeah, the worst loss so far for Southern Miss this year comes versus number 309 Jacksonville. I believe it was at Jacksonville too, but they lost 66 to 51. This was Southern Miss's season opener and the Eagles never even led. Wow. Oh. That's pretty crazy. That says a lot about Conference USA basketball. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty good conference at the top, but Southern Miss ain't yeah, at the top right now. So, yeah, I mean, what should we know about this team, you know, other than they're they're pretty poorly ranked, uh, regarded by the computers and whatnot, but, you know, what are some of the advanced stats telling you, Nathan? Yeah, they're saying that they like to shoot three-pointers a lot, and they're good at it. There's no percentage numbers there, but, but just they will want to shoot the three-ball because they're good at it. Not good enough to win, apparently. <laughs> well, they won some. Not good, enough, not good enough to win consistently, but... There you go. Yeah. Hey, that sounds familiar too. But yeah, uh, to actually give you the percentage though, because 36% from deep is what they're at. And that's still hitting Not barely over one ever, out of every three three-pointer. But that's 79th in the country. Yeah. Which for a bad I would team, love to know who's first. Good. That's a question I can answer in a little bit. Uh, Thank you. In terms of the defense though, the defense has been superb. While their offensive rebounding has not been great, their two-point shooting has not been great. They are 115th against the three when it comes to their defense and 47th against the two, again, on defense. And their defensive rebounding is 61st. 47 and 61. That's not bad. Yeah. There are a few places this team does very well and a few places this team does not do very well. What do the computer polls say that they think this game will go? Yeah, so... Yeah, close enough. Uh, Since this is a split series, one's at home, one's away... They give us a 75% chance to win on the road Thursday night, 68 to 61. And then Ken Palm gives an 86% chance to win at the Tech on Saturday, 70 right. to 58. Um, Massey, on the other hand, a little bit more skeptical of Tech on the road, which I guess might be fair. A 70% chance down in Hattiesburg, 67 to 62. 
And it likes us by one percentage point more at home, 87 percent, 69 to 59. Huh. It sounds like we should win these games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fair enough. Probably the right the right word to say about it. But if one Golden Eagle is the reason why we don't win one or the other, I think that player is Tyler Stevenson, the six foot eight forward. He's taken 128 shots so far this year. The next highest on the team is 71. So wow. this guy gets uh, the ball a lot, <laughs> and he'll he'll put them up. He's also hit 50 percent of them. And a nice these are base two numbers. He's hit 64 yeah. of his 128 <laughs> shots. Easy math. Uh, let's expand the tournament to 128 teams. I think is what I'm saying here. He's, <laughs> so he's basically yeah. the best shooter of USM's regulars. They have some bench players that have a higher percentage, but they've Mr. Bones Wild shots. Tournament. <laughs> let's keep going. 256. Let's let's just keep going. I, I want to leave San Antonio, please. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What's that guy's name who uh, commentates every year? Really fucking annoying. Nick uh, Vitale. Oh, is that what is it, he's the guy who he talks like this, baby? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dick Vitale, he is a dick. <laughs> I don't want to hear that asshole for 256 games. Some somehow garners somehow the he calls every single one of them. Somehow he turns into Hayden Christensen in the highly overlooked film Jumper and can just show up everywhere and commentate every game. <laughs> anyway, uh, our chances are. In our favor to win these games. When are they? Friday and Saturday? Thursday and Saturday. Also, to answer another one of your questions, mm-hmm. the team with the highest three-point shooting as a team this year is Drake, which is apparently like, not just like, one of the... Like, of and Josh like, is where I'm yes. thinking. Yeah, that's what that's where I was going as well. Um, What's their percentage? They have shot 43% from three. Oh, so that's a very, of 251. That's a very narrow statistic then. Meaning that there's only a couple of percentage percentages percentage points separating the top from like 80th. Yeah, well, the last place team is two, uh, 24%. Oh, Lamar is terrible. I think Drake is I is in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, because a lot of kids I knew in Illinois had come from Drake for undergrad or had friends at Drake for undergrad. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Des Moines, Iowa. Fuck Iowa. Uh, the game the game on Thursday is on CBS Sports Network. I'm not sure about Saturday because ESPN seems to think we're not playing on Saturday. Maybe so, they know something we don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, oh, God. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of things that we don't know about, uh, let's talk about the Texters real fast. Um, I don't think after, they know about it. <laughs> yeah. After two <laughs> dominant road wins last week in San Antonio, the Texters came home, uh, hoping to bring some of that road magic back with them. They did not. UTEP. Yeah, but yeah. close games, close games. Yeah, so they on Friday night they lost a close one, sixty-one to fifty-eight. Tech shot forty-one percent from the field, while UTEP shot thirty-seven and a half. But the problem was the rebounding. Um, well, there were two problems: rebounding and three-point shooting. Uh, when UTEP missed a shot, Tech grabbed twenty-two of those rebounds, but UTEP got sixteen. So, so UTEP uh... missed thirty-eight shots, and Tech only got twenty-two rebounds off of those missed shots. So that's a lot of second chance points that you're you're giving up there, um, and you're just not you're missing out on possessions, right? And in a close game, you lost by three. I mean, ugh. so the other problem that I mentioned uh, beyond the arc, we shot two for thirteen. That's fifteen percent, not great. <laughs> no, that's yeah. yeah. Amber Dixon also missed a three to tie it at the end of the game. 
So yeah, just uh, you know, not a bad performance team wise, but just couldn't get it done in those two areas, especially the rebounds. I mean, man, giving up 16 offensive rebounds is uh is pretty rough in a game that close. It's like, man, just one or two of those could have turned the tide to this game. So then on Saturday night, the final score is worse. It's 75 to 67 UTEP wins. But this game was actually really close too. Tech led 55 to 53 going into the fourth quarter, but UTEP started that fourth on an 11-0 run. Um, so they're up 64 to 55, and then Tech goes on a run of their own to pull within one with two minutes and 23 seconds remaining. But then they kind of didn't do much else and got outscored 10 to three in the final two minutes. So you know it's just a kind of a streaky performance. And the one thing to note, I think from Saturday is that we actually got a decent performance from the bench players. Uh, 30 of our 67 points were scored by bench players uh, led by Anwar Roberson, who scored 20. Um, Unfortunately, Bree Harris and Keanu Walker only scored 12 points in that game, and they've been our main scorers this whole season. So that was uh, pretty rough to have them fall apart there um, when you finally get some bench players in the mix but Nathan how how did these games affect us and what do we have coming up next week yeah so overall the Texas fell 17 spots in Massey ratings to number 187 they play one game this week at home against number 253 Southern Miss like the men have (laughs) these games will always match up this year that's on Thursday night Massey gives them a 78% chance to win with a final score prediction of 70 to 61. However, they then go and play at Southern Miss for a second game of the week. When I just said there was one game this week, yeah. I lied. ESPN <gasps> has only has one game for both teams this week, and that's what I was using as my uh, benchmark. But then Massey has a second game. so And Massey also has a game against Memphis yeah. that got canceled uh, a while back. Why would we be playing Memphis in the middle of conference play? That makes no sense. Maybe we're about to join the American Athletic. <laughs> we join it in the middle of a season. <laughs> anyway, second game. What what does Massey say about that? Yeah, Massey gives Tech a 62% chance to win on the road in Hattiesburg. Final score prediction of 67 to 63. So Tech is favored in both those games, but it's not the highest of, yeah. of odds being given there. Yeah, I mean, we should at least split. But we should have split last week too, probably, and, and didn't. Four and so. zero. We're in the final. We're in the predictions part. So I'm saying four and zero before anyone You're... else says anything. All right. Four and zero. What do you uh, think, Matt? We have not lost to Southern Miss in a sporting event all year. Four and zero. Is that true? Is that accurate? Well, I hope it is because that's what I base my opinion off of. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to say uh, I'll say I'll say three and one. I think the Bulldogs get the job done in both games. Um, even though this is going to be a little bit of a change of pace, you know, having to go on the road for one game instead of two. Um, and the Texters, I'm not picking the Texters to sweep unless they start doing it, you know. And they did it last week, but then they lost two games this week. So I'm saying they split with Southern Miss. And I'll say they win on the road and lose at home because that just makes the most sense. Well, I think you're wrong. I think Texas 4-0. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so now it's time for Tweet of the Week. This week, tweet, this week's Tweet of the Week goes to at Mid Major Madness, or their actual is at Mid underscore Madness. 
take the major out of it completely, I guess. But they quote tweeted a LaTeX Hoops tweet saying that on this day in 1971, 50 years ago, we were ranked number one in the nation in the AP College Division poll. And Mid-Major Madness quote tweeted saying, rank LaTeX again, you cowards. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. So and I love good. this picture. It's it's just like the team in 1971 standing with like a paper or cardboard cutout of, of, a, of the number one. <laughs> it's, it's just like the most low budget thing you could ever imagine. But hey, we were number one. The, the, the um, I, we are number one. I feel bad because I never actually clicked to expand the image. So I only saw like the top half of it. So I didn't know that was a number one. I thought they were holding like a, a pair of pants folded in half. <laughs> <laughs> what, what an odd thing to think I, it's a black and white photo it could be anything oh man um yeah so i actually looked into this a little bit more and so tech was it was essentially d2 i think or whatever the basketball equivalent of like one double a was um and that year we we came in third in the regional bracket of the like D2 um, playoffs. So didn't make it very far um, on that number one ranking. But the funny thing was that ULL won that, but then they had to vacate their victory because they apparently cheated in some kind of way. So basically fuck ULL now and forever is what I'm saying. Cheers to that. Always. But yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can check us out on Twitter at that's at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or there's a new Twitter account that just popped out of nowhere that no one knew about ahead of time called at D-T-P-D-D underscore stats. And I've been working on a project that will tweet out a bunch of things after games. Right now it's only basketball, but... You know I want to get to baseball. Oh yeah, soon. but but Nathan's a baseball guy, so that's he's just beta testing this on basketball. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, very rarely will that those tweets come from an actual person. It will come from a Python script usually that will send those tweets out. So be nice to the poor robot. But anyway, again, that's at gtpdd underscore stats. We also have a blog gtpdd.dog. I'm surprised I don't stumble when I'm trying to say all those consonants in a row that sound very alike. I stumble <laughs> trying to spell yeah. things out. But yeah, we have posts on there every now and then, and eventually we'll have another one. Uh, again, gtpdd.dog. Yeah. Probably have some baseball stuff coming up soon, right? I mean, pre yeah. season preview and stuff like that? Yeah, baseball season always sneaks up on me because I'm used to it starting in April because that's when the MLB season starts and not in March. Or even February. Yeah, but there's some exciting baseball stuff. We'll have to talk about about that um, in the coming weeks. You know, the new stadium getting finished up. If you haven't seen those pictures, I mean, they're posting them, posting them from the baseball Twitter account and stuff. Les Geis is posting pictures on Facebook, so make sure you're following along because that stadium is going to be nice. Yeah. yeah, until nice. next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go Tech. Please don't die. I'm uh, filling up my Brita. You're good. You're good. Oh, you're fucking right. I'm good. I got a Brita. What do you have? <laughs> I also have a Brita. <gasps> <laughs> also have a Brita? <laughs> oh, Brita, not a sponsor.
Oh man, that's a good sponsor to get. Yeah, yet. Don't don't shoot too low. <laughs> Speaking of shooting badly, 